With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Line Again and Sweet podcast. My name's Chris, and tonight I'm joined by James and Lee. Lee, you all right, mate? Yeah, very good, pal. Yeah, apart from the result of today, and uh, still, still looking forward positively to the uh, to the Wigan game, and yeah, just uh, excited for the rest of the season, really. Yeah, fantastic. We'll cover all those points as we crack on sneak preview of the content of tonight's episode, though, guys. James, how you doing, mate? All well with you? Yeah, no, I've been not too bad with me. Um, had a had a quite a busy September. October's calmed down quite a bit now, so I'm in good stead, my friend. I'm in good stead. Pleased to hear it. Well, I'm thanking you both very much for your presence tonight. It is much appreciated. So, without further ado, we'll dive straight in. We've got a few few bits and bobs to catch up on at various levels of significance. So, back when we last spoke, I believe was around the time we had a disappointing Rotherham result, which feels like a million years ago now. We lost two 0 at home on, on a family fun day that wasn't much fun by the night time the 90th minute rolled around. Without wanting to dwell on the game too much, um, the, the most interesting thing that came out of Wanderers World that week for me was the the, the fact that the club had decided to cut all ties with, with betting at the stadium, which prompted the usual nonsense online from various parties, not connected with Wanderers. But from my perspective, I think that's a really positive thing. Um, I have a bet on my phone from time to time but the fact that the Wanderers can offer the stadium as a, a safe space for anybody that perhaps has, a, has a, an issue with it I think that's that can only be a good thing Lee what do you think mate? Yeah it was a bit, bit of a bolt from the blue really wasn't it because it wasn't really I suppose well, I don't know why you would ever get wind of them thinking about it until they've actually done it but it just didn't seem to be anything that um, had been on any sort of agenda really but yeah I've not really got any major feelings to it um, one way or another to be honest I mean I like like you say you can bet on your phone can't you so like you know, it's a long time since I you know put anything on the concourse mainly because I'm always running there get, running to the game and at last, the last minute you know pretty much so and I never would have time but um, yeah I mean if, like, like you say if it's if it discourages like maybe a few kids from, from having you know from having a bet and starting down a slippery slope and perhaps putting putting too much money on you, know, maybe getting paid on a Friday in cash, although that sort, of, that sort of world has probably gone, hasn't it? But, you know, like taking a lot of cash to the game and, and then tempted to put 20 quid on a first goal score, that's never going to happen. Then fair enough, yeah. But, I mean, realistically, like I say, you can do it on your phone and I don't think it's going to really make any major difference one way or another, to be honest. Just one of those, like some people, I think Darren McCanton, said in his Bad Truth podcast, um, you know, you call it virtue signaling a little bit and, then he made a stupid comment about why didn't they do it when they're in administration? Well, because they're different owners. <laughs> yeah, it's 
all, all, all perfectly fair points. It's weird how virtue signalling now becomes a, path, a sort of watchword for for doing something positive. So yeah. maybe at that maybe at that point we'll we'll move on. Um, Wanderers then travelled up on the twenty fifth to Sunderland, uh, a fixture that doesn't have very fond memories for myself, but we lost one nil. James to to heart back a couple of weeks now to the to the end of September. Going into that game, what what were you thinking? Because obviously we'd had a decent form. We'd we'd battered Ipswich. We'd lost against Cambridge, and obviously we'd lost also against Rotherham uh, in short in short spell. Sunderland always a tricky opponent. You know the the stature of the stadium, especially, is, is one that that is intimidating at this level. But we were expecting a bit more than we got. Do you think? Well, from all accounts that I've heard, the Sunderland performance actually wasn't too bad overall. I mean. Mm. They're up there for they're up there there for a reason now. Sunderland, um, Lee Johnson's got them playing a newer style, um, not that newer compared to Parky, but probably has a bit less pragmatism about it and a bit more flair. But yeah, and they seem to be benefiting from it. So yeah, yeah, they're probably gonna unlike past seasons. They probably will. I can easily see them in automatic promotion this season. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know too much about the game as a whole because I didn't go because why the hell would I want to travel to Sunderland? But, yeah, but uh, from all accounts, it doesn't seem too bad a game. And losing Sunderland at this level is no real great shame, especially if we tried as hard as we did. And thankfully, it didn't. it's not cost us too much in the long run. I think at the time we only dropped like maybe two places off and we more than made up for it in the following game, so... So a tough one to take, but hopefully we can do the same to them when they come visit our ground next year. Definitely, and and Lee James alluded to there the the, the game that was to follow, which was just a couple of day, couple of nights later on the Tuesday, down in London away at Charlton, a game that was held at the same time as as the City PSG game. I fully confess I flitted between the two for the first half, but wow, certainly didn't see that second half coming. Yeah, I, I had my full attention. That's shameful that Chris watching uh, money, <laughs> a, a, a money ridden, money laundered game, probably whatever you call it. But um, yeah, we we were um, we were dire for the first sort of twenty five, maybe maybe even thirty five minutes of the game, and I didn't really uh, have a lot of hope for it, and we didn't really like scoring in my opinion until we did do uh, through Dapo. Obviously, I think they were just getting in getting in behind. Leco was causing. Um, Declan's had a lot of problems um, down there, right and our left, and we were just—they weren't sort of dominating us, but we were just—we were just well off it. I thought in the first, at least first half an hour, anyway. And um, yeah, but obviously their heads dropped. So as they always say, the old adage: "Great time to score just before half time." Their manager goes into the changing room, players probably heads down a little bit, wondering what's going to happen next because they've not been in good form, and then. Yeah, I mean, it took took a while for us to get the second. It was in the balance of the game, really. I think there was one one minute where we had a good chance. I can't remember exactly who it was. And they broke on the other end and sort of just hit the angle of post and bar with a, a shot from sort of just outside the edge of the area. And uh, I thought that was going to be, you know, it looked very much in the balance. But as soon as Kieran Lee got a second, we, we really took control. And yeah, it was a, in, in the end, it was like a you know a 4-1 that wasn't really a 4-1. But, we you know, we just sort of... Ran away with it towards the end of the game. We looked a bit superior fitness-wise to them, and certainly confidence-wise by the end. And um, yeah, obviously it was a good good night's work, wasn't it? 
It definitely was, James. I, I, I don't know about you, but I didn't. I, again, away games, Wanderers. I think it just must be hardwired me to expect we're going to lose because we had, had even in the Premier League years. You know, we were very unreliable when it came to to away performances. But Lee's just mentioned there a, a, the last twenty twenty five minutes. I mean, Lee scored his first goal at Lee Place of Wanderers, by the way, not our our presently here tonight on in the seventy third minute. And so within 16, 17 minutes, we'd popped another couple on and we won 4-1 in the end. I think that that, do you think that that ability to, to perform well away from home is, is linked perhaps to the way that Everett wants to play on the counter? Or, or do you think that perhaps our the makeup of our team and, and the, the personnel we've got in there is better, better sort of, what's the word I'm looking for, better suited to sometimes perhaps playing away from home? Uh, I'd certainly say it probably sets up better to playing away from home because um, most of the teams that we'll face um, at the home ground will prefer to keep possession of the ball. We kind of saw that from Charlton, um, although they got a bit wasteful in the second half. Uh, but more often than not, when we've seen it like when teams come to our ground, like like Burton and whatnot, they'll come and just try to hold the line. Um, Keep us off their yeah. backs as much as they as they can, which especially considering how wasteful we can be sometimes in and around the um, in and around the penalty box. The fact that the fact that they can stop us from even getting in there in those certain home games is really going to prove uh, disadvantageous for us. Um, you'd you'd be relying on another Darpo screamer if he could even get that off, considering he's got about three men in front of him in front of the goal for him to try those long efforts. Yeah, no, it's definitely more suited to playing away from home. I mean, for God's sake, we got three goals against Wimbledon away from home. We got four against Charlton. We've got five against Ipswich. That's or that's more than half five goals in just those three games. Yeah. Yeah, it just shows how how, how much better it's suited uh, for, for us to... Um, play away it's not always going to pan out it didn't pan out versus Sheffield Wednesday it didn't pan out versus Cambridge but uh, more often than not um, away away from home I'm feeling a lot better these days especially when I can actually watch it I follow maybe may have been the bane of my existence last season but I'm slightly grateful that it despite how crap it is they they'll still at least let me watch the away midweek games which is nice so I don't miss out on Fantastic performances like we had against Charlton. Yeah, fair point. It is, it is certainly not ideal, is it? But hey, three points are three points, and it, and it was a cracking, cracking result. Lee, just to touch on something there that, that James mentioned. Do you think that where we do have a, a game like Ipswich, like Charlton, where the onus is on the home team to be on the front foot, it is something that we can tap into because it feels to me that whilst watching us away from home, we've seen a different team comparative to, what we, to how we play when we're playing at home. I think we had a couple of games, obviously, like the, the Shrewsbury one that we'll come to shortly, where we were on the front foot for the first sort of half an hour. We looked really good, but it sounds a bit harsh to say, given where we are in the league, but I, I don't think our home performances have been that impressive this season. Yeah, I think, I think James is right in that when we go away from home, it's there's certainly less pressure on us as such. We're not like... We're not considered a big gun in the division, even though historically we've put, you know, probably one of the top top two, three teams in the league in terms of our history. Um, but certainly we, we sort of come into the season a little bit under the radar in that sense that teams, you know, aren't going to be giving us, um, you know, 
to work towards respect and, and expecting us to, to sort of dominate the game. Although, you know, we have, as well, Everett's to be believed, we've dominated every single game that he's ever been in charge of <laughs> Wanderers. But, you know, he's, he's got a point, you know, that we, we really should be finishing our chances. And like, we certainly make a lot of chances away from him. I think probably, if you look at the Burton game, obviously we should have certainly won that game. Um, the MK, the MK Don's first game of the season was, the strange one. There was a you know a lot of goals, but not an awful lot of other chances apart from the goals. And um, that was a bit of a strange game. That one. It's uh, couldn't really explain it as to as to how it ended up. How it ended up. But um, yeah, I, I think I think the performances home and away have been fairly consistent. It's just that Burton, you know, clung on for dear life for the point. Um, Rotherham came with a with a good game plan and scored two very quick goals that sort of pretty much put the game to bed in a sense, even though we did have a lot of chances to get, get one back before half time. So I think I think obviously our most impressive performances have been away from home and but certainly more impressive results at Charlton and Ipswich and you know we're three one up at Wimbledon as well, AFC Wimbledon. So really we should be looking at, you know, I think we were top of the away league table going into Saturday. And um, obviously we played a couple more games away from home than some teams because we played I think we've played one more, one more away than at home. I think yeah, it was true. Seven. Have we played seven away and five at home at the moment? Played 12, haven't we? So, yeah, we've got a little bit of catching up to do in that sense. But, yeah, I mean, Shrewsbury was... We started very well. We certainly had a sort of 15-minute, 10 to 15-minute spell where we looked, looked fantastic and then it sort of dropped off and it fizzled out somewhat. Um, so, yeah, the games I've seen away from them, I mean, fortunately, I've not seen the full game um, of, of any of these wins apart from Chelsea and Lincoln I mean Lincoln wasn't the full game anyway because I thought I'm botched up for half an hour of it so you know I've not really seen us you know I'd have loved to have seen the Ipswich game that's a good of them because I was I decided not to because I was, I was in I was away then in New York so I could have actually watched it I decided that I wasn't going to jinx us and of course with, with you know <laughs> so I've not actually been able to sort of study the game as a whole obviously just, just looking at highlight I mean, I've seen, seen extensive highlights of most of them didn't really bother look, looking to this to, didn't really bother looking at a Sunderland game in massive sort of detail to be honest or so Wednesday I've not really had a chance to um, but I think overall like like you say away from home we've just got that little bit less pressure and there's a little bit more of an onus on the, you know, the home team to attack um, and it just it gives us that bit more space but I suppose the, the big, big question at the moment, isn't it, is when we score, we tend to score sort of threes, fours, flat, even fives. But if we don't, you know, we're going plenty of games now where we've not scored. I think we've not scored in half of our games now. So that's that's a big worry. Um, that that we if we don't seem to get off the mark, it, we really struggle to even put one on the board. And mm-hmm. I think, I think we all know why that's the case. It is, and we'll, we'll certainly come to that in, in a bit. It's interesting points, but you mentioned the Shrewsbury game, two cracking goals for Wanderers there. I won't, we won't dwell on the game too much because there's, there's plenty of other stuff to talk about. But James, you you can be the official arbiter of which goal was better on in Shrewsbury. We've got Sarsovic's 25 yard screamer or Dapo's 20 and a bit yard daisy cutter. Which one was your preference? Oh, I mean, I appreciate all of Dapo's Dapo's endeavour to beat a couple men before his shot compared to the amount of space that that Sars had before, right before his mm. shot but uh I don't I don't know why but just Sars's 
curve shot. It just looked a lot more impressive to me. Top, you know, top right bins, both from similar positions. But I don't know. I I kind of just expect it from Darpo now because he scored about half his goals from that position. So to see mm-hmm. it from Sarsvic, I don't know. It, it just stuck out more to me in that sense. He needs to do a bit more of that, doesn't he, Sarsovic? He's obviously got the, the technical ability and granted he had all the time in the world to run forward and pick his spot, but it, it was fantastic. Where I sit in these lowers, right behind both goals, a fantastic view and you could see both were going in from the moment that they, that they both let fly. Um, with regard to the captain, obviously he seems to be, not, I think polarising is probably too strong a word for it. He's got his, his, his staunch defenders, he's also got a few of those on in the fan base who think that he maybe needs to book his ideas up a little bit. Where, where, which side of the fence do you sit on? The side of the fence I sit on is the one with splinters up my ass because I can't make up my <laughs> mind about him. I I kind of have the same feelings that I know I know a fair few other fans have. Like when when he when he's not in a game, it really does feel like he he's missing. But when he turns it on. He, he he's one of the biggest presences on the field, and it's so frustrating that we can't see that more consistently. Like like when when he's on form, you can see that he leads by example, but, the, but we've just not seen it enough. I was hoping to see more of it this season with the momentum mm. riding from it, but it's just not happened for him yet for for whatever reason, except apart from um, a couple games. It's easy. Yeah. It's easy to see why he's. I know you didn't want to use the word polarizing, but I'd I'd certainly use that word polarizing amongst certain sections of the fan base. But at the end of the day, he is captain, and one of those staunch defenders is um, Ian Everett, who's clearly come out for both him and another uh, polarizing player that I'm sure you'll talk about later. In Owen Doyle has come out too. Um, def- defend defend their con- consistent inclusion in the starting eleven. So, well, so hopefully in more games down the line that that kind of faith will be justified. But for now, right now in my mind, I can't I can't settle on on either side of the debate at the moment. Fair enough, fair enough, Lee. I know you and I have spoken in the past about maybe how Sarsovic is perhaps a more important on the pitch as a captain. Than, than sometimes as a as a contributor in midfield, but where where would you play him in terms of in terms of the midfield? Would you have him more advanced? Do you think he needs to sit, and then his sort of lack of physicality would be less of an issue? But if you were in the manager's shoes, whereabouts would you have Sarsovic sitting? Um, yeah, I wrote, I wrote a little bit about Sarsovic. Um, the player ratings after Shrew was it after Shrew? Yeah, will have been, and um, obviously. You know, probably his best, one of his best performances of the season because he, he impacted on the result with a, with a great goal, obviously. And um, I think I'd have him. I've had a bit of. I can't remember who I had the debate with, but you know, I think in our formation, our number the number ten, which is the role we you know supposed to sort of have. Um, I think that's like a really pivotal position in the team. But a lot of people who I spoke to think think he plays more of like a what you call like a three eight, like I suppose, with a bit less defensive responsibility than um than either Sheehan or um Kieran Lee. But also having, you know, the, the freedom to get forward. But um I just think we'd need we need a more sort of creative a more creative player in there really. Um what he does is like I say my 
my first comparison that I, I gave him, and the, I think it was the Forest Green game. I'd seen him against Bradford, and then after about half an hour of the Forest Green game, I'm like, he's very much like Kevin Nolan, where he sort of he works hard. He, he definitely does work hard. I've, I've no qualms with the way he works off the ball. I think he works really hard, but he's also can get bypassed by someone with a better pace. They can just they can just yeah. breeze past him. Certainly towards the end of games, he struggles to sort of keep up the acceleration when trying to, trying to track, track players who come from deep. But he's, like I say, if he, if he isn't scoring a goal, he doesn't offer enough in general play, I don't think, to warrant even a place in the team for me. But the fact he is, he has got that goal-scoring ability. I mean, he's only got, he's got three this season. That's pretty, pretty good in League One. Let's hope he um, turns up against the other former clubs because obviously had a bit of an unhappy short spell at Shrewsbury. And then uh, obviously we've got Plymouth and uh, Plymouth on Tuesday, week, well, a week today. And then we've got uh, Fleetwood coming up not too long ago. So hopefully if he can turn up against Shrewsbury, he'll turn up against them too as well, he used to play for. But it's a difficult one, like James said. He is, he is kind of polarised. I, I think he's got his uses. And I'm happy to have him around. He doesn't seem like a bad egg or anything. He obviously had a bit of a moan, I think, to Mark Isles in an interview about about some of the fans getting on his back and stuff. But which is like maybe a little bit thin-skinned because I don't think there's lots of fans giving him a lot of grief. I think they're just sort of questioning whether he's really good enough to be in our first 11. But, you know, him and Doyle were marquee signings in League 2. They were called marquee signings for a reason. They were in League 2. In League 1, he's never really done it. Maybe had a, a little spell at Plymouth where he was doing okay, but I think if we're going to progress as a club, we're going to have to move on from, from a player of his sort of ilk who's can come up with the goods, you know, pretty pretty infrequently, really. It's not often enough that he scores a goal like that. I mean, that's, that's the best goal he scored for us by a long stretch. I mean, Crawley was a good finish, a good run. Obviously, a very important goal at Crawley as well, but. Um, He's, he's someone who I think I, I'm not. I understand why he's playing, but he, he I, I, I think the position he yeah, Everett's playing in is probably the right one. Maybe maybe if we had someone a bit more physical up front with Ben Doyle and somebody who, like maybe Bakayoko or someone else who's got a little bit more to them athletically in the game, then maybe he could play a bit closer to them to get knockdowns. And but just not the way he plays it. Game, looking for no, if I might interrupt, Lee. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I've gone on too long anyway, James. Yeah, please no, do. I was just about to say, I kind of agree, just, but just maybe as a trial period, I would like to see Lee Sheehan and MJ Williams as a th- yeah. as a three man midfield partnership. Kieran Lee, especially in recent games, I'll I'll be honest. At the end of last season, I thought he was good. I thought he was good for us. I just didn't think he was out, as outstanding as some other people made him out. But this season. I'm I'm starting to see why a lot more Sheffield Wednesday fans were starting to rave about him. The games he started in this season, he's been absolutely tremendous for the most part. So yeah, I think I think you're right in that sense with with Lee. I think the, the I think League Two is a bit too much of a clogger league for him to stand stand out. Whereas the teams in this league, they're, they're not going down. I mean, Wickham and Gillingham and and you know possibly a couple more down the bottom might go a lot more direct, but. I think every game is, is more and more a game of football. And he stands out because he's a really good footballer. He's touched his golden, as Jeff Wednesday fans used to say. And I think you're totally right. I think he's, it suits him better in a higher league, definitely. I think you both made some excellent points there. I think for my own sake, to hark back to your, your comment, Lee, about 
the social media side of things, I think that was a bit unfair, Sarsovic, to, to have a bit of a whinge like that online. I mean, the, the comments that I read, it, were, it wasn't exactly like, you know, your shit lol kind of thing. It was all quite considered and quite, you know, thoughtful. It's not just your sort of usual online whinging. But that's that's beside the point. I think Sarsovic at the moment is, has got a, got a place in there. I think Williams and Lee are undroppable. But I think I'm on I'm on the same lines as you, James. I think I think the inclusion of Sheehan in in the way games, especially where we need to have a bit a bit more control and not quite as 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 one way or the other as Sarsovich can be would would only be a good thing. That brings us on neatly to Saturday, Sheffield Wednesday away. So Wanderers obviously went there having a couple of decent results. We beat Liverpool too in that daft midweek cup that we won't even bother sticking on because I don't think anyone really paid too much attention to that. Oh, but Wanderers arrived. That game, I feel bad now. <laughs> oh wait, well then, let, let never be said that we're not adaptable. So, what did you think of it? I mean, I, I, other than that, Phillips, I didn't have a fucking clue. Anyone else was? I, I'm, with, I'm with you on that, but mate, I didn't have a single clue. I was surprised seeing that Phillips there, to be honest. But I think he must have put his hand up to say, "I'll play." But how, how was it as a spectacle? It was, you know, for as a sort of glorified reserve team match. What was the atmosphere like? Oh, well, I felt like I was back in the days of I thought because I could hear Matt Jilks for 90% of the game. Um, <laughs> I know how you feel about that, but <laughs> uh, but outside of that, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, outside of uh, when Bakayoko came on for the second half, uh, I don't think anyone was outstanding, but then again, you're playing Liverpool's academy kids and for some reason, a guy who played 20 Premier League games last season so, yeah, it's not it's not exactly um, the biggest accomplishment to scream about, but at least it wasn't as bad as it was against uh, Wigan in the cup matches. I mean, so so we'll just have to play this kind of joke team and hopefully we can do it again against Rochdale. Um, but outside of that, I can see why most of the reserve players are reserves. Okay. Uh, I mean, what, what, was, was Comley any good? Because he's one that I feel like, Given the fact that we kind of signed him, played him, wrote him off in the we'll call it the I follow era without fans there to see him in person, I, I feel a little bit sad for him that he's he's been you know he's been consigned to the scrap heap and we've not we've not even seen him play not in the flesh not till not till the Liverpool game anyway. Yeah, I mean I know it's it's kind of hard to judge because um, like you say it's just the manner of opposition you can't really take it too seriously from that perspective but um if we're just being completely unbiased without that being a thing i'd say he wasn't too bad if, if i'm totally honest not nothing amazing okay. but 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 he's kind of like what you'd ex what what we expected when we first signed him you know just a nice guy to stick over the ball not really lose it pass pass it about and keep the kind of flow going Getting where he needs to without being a big MJ Williams type brute. Yeah, no, no, he did fine. Um, and certainly didn't seem to warrant, you know, not being included in the registration for um, being being able to play in the uh, League One campaign or or any of the other cup matches. So seemed a bit harsh from that perspective. But outside of that, he wasn't too bad. The rest of the midfield, none none of them were too bad. Defense, uh, yeah, yeah. Emson and Baptiste looked all right. Like I say, there was no real standouts apart from mm. Akioko when he came on. But 
you know, we're going to need those players. Hopefully, they'll pick up the level, especially the likes, especially Brockbank, who will likely play against Wigan, um, with Jones being suspended for that game. So, so yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully these kind of games can give them the can give them what they need, give them the step up, and yeah, yeah. Nothing, re- nothing really more to say. Not an outstanding game, but it was just nice to see some of the lads that you don't usually get to see play pretty well for the most part excellent well i mean it's one like one of those, those things isn't it we'll, we'll decry the tournament until we get to wembley then the lads i'll see you all on the bus on the way down not gonna <laughs> not gonna miss anything like that if it came to pass but on to sheffield wednesday in that case so like i said wednesday doing all right in the league but but no great shakes barry bannon being the, the sort of main focus of their team at least from my perspective Wanderers lined up with Dixon, Jones, Santos, Johnston and John in a very, very easy to read out back four. Williams and Lee sat behind Kachunga, Sarsovic, Afalayan and Doyle up top. So, well, in terms of the game itself, Wanderers seemed to start all right. We had a, a hell of a lot of the ball and we were doing all the pressing, at least in the first 20, 25 minutes. A couple of missed chances that maybe we'll focus on in a moment or two, but it, it solidified, at least for me, watching the game how I feel sad to say it because it is a catchy tune but Lee Kachunga's rubbish he's rubbish at the moment there's nothing to suggest that he's ever played in the Premier League other than looking at his his Wikipedia page Uh, is Grove over him every time for me where where do you stand on that? Yeah as soon as I saw that he was playing on the right um, I'm not completely averse to giving him a run instead of Doyle. Um, although I don't think, I mean, a record, I think he scored in his last 40 games. So that says an awful, awful lot. Around. A lot of, oh, no, no, not quite. Uh, Kachunga, like but, um, but Kachunga, yeah, I mean, a lot of those were sub uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Second half last season, he was pretty much exclusively sub there. So in a struggling side, so there's, there's caveats to that. But he's, I don't, his first few contributions were, were pretty, pretty telling, pretty decent. He, he cut that ball back, although it was easy enough to do for um, on. Was it Baptiste? Baptiste goal, wasn't it? On the first day of the season, um, he was he was in the building by then, wasn't he? That was definitely him. Yeah, no, yeah, he, was, he, yeah, set up, he set up for yeah. Baptiste. And and, so far, uh, that's his only real contribution. Well, he, he did. He played like a really nice, calm pass um, into Sarsovic for the uh, goal against uh, Lincoln as well. Um, when he came out, I was at, at that point. I was quite enthused by how like composed he is. And he is quite neat and tidy. I think against Shrewsbury, he was neat and tidy, but he never looked. It just didn't look that impactful. He just he kind of played it fairly safe, and everything was kind of obvious what he did. There was nothing really. Where I thought he's got something that's going to trouble a defence, but. I'm not. I'm not so down on him at this stage. I don't think he's been that bad. But then again, I didn't watch the Sunderland game. Um, but I, I certainly was hoping his goal would come back in. Not away from home, even more so. I think. I think he's actually stepped up his level in general play this season. His goal, but he's. I know he's not scored, or I can't react to him like an assist or anything. But I think he looks like he looks bright and, and dangerous when he plays. Um, and obviously, his work rate is outstanding. I think his defensive. Um, quality is is far far better than Kachunga, despite Kachunga being a man. He's you know better built man. He's more he's more of a physical presence, so we say, than than Isgrove is because he's quite a small guy. 
but Isgrove really uses his, his body well in pressing and it's like the intelligence of his press as well. He's, he's really he sort of nicks the ball. I think he did it. He did it against Lincoln for the goal. Actually, he he won the ball and made made the um, keeper sort of the keeper did a hurried clearance. He actually nicked the ball off the guy on the touchline. So it was um, you know yeah, I think his goal is certainly certainly should start the next game ahead of Kachunga. I just think it's. Um, Probably a little bit early to stick the knife in and say he's, he's absolutely useless at this level. I think there must be some merit in in his signing. You know, something that, that Chris Marker obviously had him. At, he was he was at Huddersfield when he was there. He was obviously you know obviously seen something in him that he, that they can sort of make some sort of impact in the team. But certainly, I, th- I think next game I'd, I'd really like to see from three of Isgrove, um, Isgrove, Bakioko, and um, and Afawaiyan. You know, we're not scoring enough goals in enough games. You know, when we do score, we tend to score a few, as we've said, but um, we're not impacting the score sheet enough. And I think he needs to just switch it up and just give Doyle a rest. And yeah, Bakioka's right. jumping at the bit, isn't he? And the, the day to get in the team. And I think his goal is the right right option at the moment on the right. Although, you know, hopefully Amici can perhaps show the, the sort of end product that his goal is perhaps missing overall. So, yeah, in, 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 in summing up, really, I think give him a bit more time, Kachunga. But I said, I, having said that, I want him out of the team for the, for the next game. Uh, so, yeah. see, this, is, this is where we differ. You see, you're too nice. Too nice. It's not working, so let's get him out of the team. Let's not keep giving him chances. James, for your, from your perspective, obviously, Bakayoko did well against Liverpool, popped up with a couple of goals, including what I think is possibly the worst taken penalty in the history of professional football. But, <laughs> Doyle is struggling massively, isn't he? I mean, there, there's an argument, I think, with that chance in the first couple of minutes that the, the ball wasn't the greatest, but you'd still expect a centre-forward of his experience and his, his previous record to have done that. I, I hate to say I told you so, but I remember I was having a conversation in the summer about whether Doyle would be cutting it, would cut it at this level. And, and similar to Sarsovic, I guess, there was a doubt whether he could whether he ever has uh, and whether he will. And, and sadly, both seem to be borne out at this minute in time. Sarsovic, you can probably hide it a little bit given where he plays, but with the centre-forward who, who doesn't score or hasn't scored, I think I read somewhere he's not scored all in his last 12 games from open play. It, it's not enough to pop up with the odd penalty, is it? And, and given how Bakayoko played, do you see Everett breaking with the tradition of the last 18 months and dropping, and dropping Doyle? No. No, no. Mm. To that question, no, not a chance. Um, he, Doyle, whenever he was fit, he always started in every game last season, despite even when Miller was scoring goals off the bench, Doyle always started. He's tried and trusted to him. I mean, we've got him on a three-year deal, and, you know, you know, I, I think he has been a decent goal scorer at this level. I, I don't know his record off by heart, and I can't be bothered looking up in the meantime, but I, don't I know it's one. In, sorry, James. I know, I know it's roughly surprising. It's about one in two. In about hundred games, hundred odd games, he's got about fifty. He's got about late forties or early fifties. So he's it's pretty much one in two. It's really surprising that he's done that well at this level. I always thought it was sort of League Two that he thrived mainly. But I think earlier in his career, he's made, got made most of those because he's been in League Two with us, Swindon and Bradford for the last. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I may blow your mind, boys. I did a modicum of research for this podcast, and you're right. Uh, he played just Chesterfield in 2014. He hit 21 league goals, and so that obviously is the majority of his of his output in that division. When he played for Oldham and Bradford, 
not quite as prolific. He, he scored sort of t- again twenty five goals, but over three times as many matches. So he maybe was a, a light that burned bright at the start of his time in League One, but it's it's diminished a little bit since then. But sorry, James, we had to interrupt you there. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. I'm I'm glad I know that now. So. Maybe, 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 maybe it's with Doyle. All the lad needs is a goal, but at the same time, he did miss some really good chances against Sheffield Wednesday, and there the will eventually have to come a point where you say you can't just sit with him and hope he'll score anymore, um, and he will have to come out the side. I, I don't think it's going to be against Wigan. I don't see him dropping him that soon, um, but yeah. Doyle needs a goal, man. It's fine praising his work work ethic and how, how he seems to be challenging defenders a bit more. He runs about quite a bit, and if anyone if any one of his teammates is further forward, he will drop further back to cover for them until they can return to their position. So I'm not going to fault him on that front, but at the end of the day, he's supposed to be a goal scoring striker. And outside of, like you say, penalties and the first, I think he scored in the second game of the season, he's not really doing what's been said on the tin at the moment. And yeah, it, it it's it's a tough one. It's a tough one because Bakayoko's never been a prolific striker either. But... And that's the that's the dilemma, isn't it? The fact that we're we're, we're changing a a player that we know and a player that we've relied on previously and hasn't let us down yeah. to any massive extent for a player whose grand total of goal output in League One is probably 10 goals, yeah. 15 goals maybe. Yeah, and when you look at the, the other two potential options that could fill in there, um, Delfonso, same, same problem, never really been a prolific goal scorer in his entire career, even when he has played regular at this level like he did with Blackpool. Um, and then Kachunga, the one guy in the team who probably needs a goal, a goal more than Owen Doyle. So, it's it's not the greatest of options uh, when it comes to trying to figure out our main problem of trying to put away more of the many chances that we create in the majority of games that we play. So, maybe maybe if he got through. Um, his option that he was supposed to get in the transfer window because we all know he was linked with a forward-thinking player in at the end of the, at the end of the summer window, but it just never panned out. Maybe, maybe if we had that option, we wouldn't be talking about this right now. But the fact is, this is where we are, and Doyle at the moment is our best bet going forward, probably to try and get a goal up front. But. Uh, but yeah, I hopefully we can get that kind of solution sorted in the in the January window because I'm not really favouring any of our options up top at the moment. Bakayoko maybe, but he's only just come back, and from what I heard, he didn't impact the game too much when he came on to play in the middle against Sheffield Wednesday. Though I'd be happy if someone's correct me on that. I'm I'm of much the same opinion as you both. That, that we need something to change and if Doyle can't be the one to, to force that change through his own performances then you know he's halfway through what is probably the best contract of his career he's not exactly going to be agitating for, for a move if he's dropped or if he's if he drops down the pecking order at all so I think we are we are stuck with him for want of a better word for the time being and, and I again I totally agree with you James I'd be gobsmacked if he doesn't line up at the, at the start against Wigan on Saturday but I suppose we'll see very very soon well 
unfortunate for Wanderers that the, the theme of mix, missed chances continued throughout the game. I mean, I was amazed to see Berahino playing for Sheffield Wednesday. I'd completely forgotten about him. But he had a couple of efforts. Um, Dixon made a good save. I think it was from Gregory, who we'll hear more about in a little bit. Uh, but then another couple of chances for Doyle. Wanderers just seemed to be dominating. And then it was entirely typical. I had text my mate. I was watching it on the dodgy box. He was watching it on his dodgy box. We're 100% going to lose this game, aren't we? And and it, so it was. With 25 minutes to go, uh, Gregory scored for, for Wednesday. Um, looking back at the goal, not knowing anything really about the build-up play because I was only half paying attention at the time, I thought Santos could have done a bit better, personally. Um, it was a shame to see him have a bit of a wobble because I thought in the, the previous home game he was absolutely imperious against Shrewsbury. But, you know, players make mistakes. It's not the end of the world. Wanderers would dominate possession and shots with 61% of the ball and 12 shots, although only one on target, which perhaps echoes back to what we said previously. Wanderers couldn't find um, an equaliser and the, the fans left with, with a, a bit of a, roof, a bit of a rueful look on their faces, I would imagine. So ahead of the Wigan game on Saturday, which we'll talk about shortly, leaves us in eighth position after 12 games with 18 points, goal difference of plus four. And that's only five points from the top two. So it's been a really, really positive start. I was no make no bones about it. I was concerned at the start of the season that we were maybe overestimating our opportunity, our chances. A lot of supporters who've clearly, you know, in hindsight, know a lot more than I do <laughs> on about promotion. Um, no names mentioned, but <laughs> how have you seen the season exactly? I, I knew you were too modest to, to go in early. So I had to. I had fair, to. Fair dues. So Lee, I'll come to you, and then James will come to you in a second as well. Great our season so far. We are what we're a quarter of the way through, approximately. How happy are you? Where do you think we can improve, and where do you think we might end up? Bear in mind, if your prediction is different than mine, I will be keeping all of this recording and playing it back to the end of the season. Um, well, I predict us finish about eleven, and I think that's probably where I'm going to end up unless we have some sort of outstanding January where we bring in the striker we. Sort of clearly need and may and maybe another attacking midfield option. Um, you know, certainly someone who can provide a bit of a spark, even if it's just from the bench. If he's Adam, he always plays Sars and always plays Doyle. Just looking at the table now, there's you know, there's a few teams below us who might sort of. I mean, the table very condensed at this stage anyway. There's only there's only four points between twelfth and sixth. Um, and there's teams below 12 fights, which, um, and possibly Lincoln, although I'm less sure than, but certainly Ipswich's squad is pretty stacked, and you've got to think eventually they're going to come good. Um, but, you know, there's, there's teams above us who I'd be fairly confident with, we'll, we'd finish it, but well, not actually that many. I would say I would say Plymouth, but they're a good five points clear of us now, so you never know. But there's teams above us who I certainly think we're equal to, if not better than. Um, in Oxford and potentially I think we're going to run in a bit hard at the moment but they're, they've got two games in hand and they're already four points above us so looking at sort of where we can realistically get to I still think this is a stretch just, it just totally depends on, on what we can do in January I think and obviously trying to stay in touch and contention by then as well and you know, the, the areas we can improve are fairly, fairly clear aren't they in sort of Obviously, we've scored a lot of goals overall. To be honest, we've scored twenty in twelve games, which is not mind blowing, but it's pretty good. At, you know, a level we've stepped up at. But it's we're a bit Jekyll and Hyde out. Like you say, we're we scoring big batches, and 
we're not scoring in the games that you know we don't need to score five at Ipswich and four at Charlton, two and three would have done because we'd have won both games. You know, we need we need goals in each game, and I think the, the area of improvement would would be up top. Um, have we got enough cover for um, other areas of the team? Probably centre mid, we should be fine. Although Thomason's obviously untested at this level, is that not had chance to have, you know a go at League One yet? But obviously MJ is coming up to a a definite suspension. There's no way he's going to go and do 15 games without getting booked or whatever the amnesty is for, for five bookings. So he'll definitely have to miss a game. And with Tut injured, it's going to be either one of Conley or Thomason who comes in in that Conley game. Conley can't play. Yeah. Oh, no, he can't, can he? Because he's, uh, he's not registered, is he? So, um, poor lad. But the, um, yeah, so obviously centre mid, we should be fine in theory. But, you know, it's just looking at other areas of the squad. It's the case of. I don't think we've got an awful lot of money in the bank. I'd be amazed if we, if we pay a transfer fee. I think anything we do in January will be a loan. Um, I don't think there's any free agents out there by January who are going to be worth looking at. Um, no, I don't just know he's going to Australia. Um, so, basically, that was a joke, but I never thought we could sign it. So, I think it's just... I think I think we'll probably finish about where I said we'll finish. I've not really changed my mind. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with how, we, how we're doing. But equally, I think we could be doing a lot better if the recruitment had just been that little bit more ambitious. Or, you know, perhaps just the, on deadline day, you know, it sounded like we're going to sign two. And obviously, for deals to materialise, things need to fall into place. And perhaps we just got a bit unlucky if it was very specific in the player he wanted, whoever that was. Um, and it just didn't fall into place. And in that case, sometimes you're just unlucky rather than unambitious. But, I'd like to hopefully see, you know, maybe see FV put a, little, a bit of money in the pockets and you never know where they could take us. But I think if you look at the, if you look at the squad as a whole, if we, if we were to somehow make the players and go to the championship this year, I don't think we're anywhere near ready to play at that level. So it might not be the worst thing that we, we do finish mid-table and sort of build a bit slower. Uh, as, as consolidation. As yeah, as sad as it sounds and as, as unexciting as it sounds. It, perhaps it is a bit more realistic for us to have a season like that. Yeah, some good points there, mate. I don't, I don't disagree. I think it would, it would still be a season of success if we could end up in the top half. But you know, I, I think other than the, the teams that probably populate the top six, top eight, maybe include someone like Wednesday. And then, well, obviously, you don't expect Ipswich and necessarily Charlton to be as disastrous through the rest of the season as they have been so far. There's probably you know there's probably eight ten decent teams in the league and I think if we can be either the best of the rest or manage to to improve in in January with our recruitment to the point where we can break into that group then who who knows but James I I assume you're already making plans for the championship next season knowing your inherent positivity oh, I've already booked me Wembley Hotel mate for the playoff final <laughs> <laughs> happy uh, days but um, it was free cancellation. Um, but yeah reflecting on the season so far I don't think I don't think it's too bad um, especially in comparison to how we started last season Uh, we're giving ourselves a better foothold to have a brilliant January window and surge up the table this time Um, it, it might happen again sometimes all it does take is like one one or two players just to things to properly clicked to to surge you up. We saw a few points last season and what 
there's no reason it can't be done again this season, but that's looking a bit far ahead at the moment. Looking at how we've done so far, for the most part, I don't think it's too bad. Um, I'd I'd like to be higher, and we probably should be higher considering um, we got we got robbed at Burton, and um, we kind of got robbed at Wednesday from the ref, but who knows what would have happened there. Uh, yeah, I'm tr- I'm trying to remember all the games, but yeah, eight, eighth with eighteen points, uh, positive goal difference, and even though we've played a few games more than teams ahead of us, they're not a million miles away, but both in terms of the automatic positions and the playoff positions. So yeah, I'm I'm happy enough with how the season's gone so far. Just hope, just hopefully. Um, across the season we can work on some of the faults in our game that we uh, pointed out like um, how many how many chances we waste which to be fair was a problem last season as well um, the the lack of proper cover in the forward lines um, you know just just little little things of that nature um, and hopefully we can also sort out some of what's seem to be defensive frailties. We can see far too many goals from that lacking, especially when many of them are very avoidable. Like, for example, Sheffield Sheffield Wednesday goal. Um, I know you pointed out Santos being the problem, but for me, Declan John was the problem. His positioning for the ball to go over to their winger. I don't know why he was tucked in so close to Johnston, but he, should not, he shouldn't have been anywhere near that close to him. It left it left it completely open for their winger and yeah, just just little fixes like that that you can hopefully work on as the season progresses. Yeah, I, I'm ha- I'm happy I'm happy enough so far. Just I I just beg that we improve and not just give away some of the sloppy sloppy stuff that we get on with. There's otherwise otherwise outside of that, there's nothing to fault. Work ethic's good. Um, team team all linked with each other and I'm happy enough with quite a few of our starting options and even with some of our options off the bench just just I hope I hope we'll be higher I hope we'll be higher I know and it probably would be smarter if we took a season to consolidate more and build stronger to hopefully challenge for automatic next season but I like I like being ambitious it's a it's a foreign feeling to me as a Bolton fan <laughs> there you go. Where's the, the where's the fun in that? Exactly. Where's the fun in exactly. that? Exactly. Let let's at least reach the playoffs. So even if we get knocked out during that, we can at least say, you know what, we can make playoffs. We'll go for we'll go be bloody champions next year. <laughs> Why not? You got to have ambition, haven't you? I think it, it, you've just triggered my memory, and I can't believe I forgot to mention it during the Wednesday game. But I think something that we maybe do need to become a little bit better at is is dealing with the referees in this division because they are diabolical. The Couple of issues that that perhaps did send one just fans home with the with the biggest frowns on the faces were the referee choices made by our friend uh, Mr Rock at weekend. Dapo was accused of diving and and, cut and carded for it. They went straight up the other end and scored. So there's a, another little little tiny little sliding doors moment. Then at the end, I think we had a more than fair shout for a penalty in the dying seconds as Bannon uh, the ball hit Bannon. On the the thigh slash hand, depending on your, your your allegiances in terms of Wednesday or Wanderers, but these are things that we, you know that we we have had a bit of luck from time to time, but perhaps we need to be a little bit more forceful. 
there were accusations last season that perhaps Wanderers were a little bit too nice in occasions when it came to playing the slightly snidier side of football. But that, that's splitting airs. It's, it's only a minor thing. And I'm sure that over the course of the season, as, as they say, these results will even themselves out. That brings us on to the focus for this week, which is, of course, the, the hotly anticipated home game against Wigan. I'm really excited. I can't wait for this particular one, which, of course, goes hand in hand with me already deciding that we're going to lose and probably badly. But, James, how are you feeling about it? You, you're excited? How do you think the game's going to go? I just want it to be better than that absolute joke that we went to at their ground. I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure. I'm point. sure it will be. I'm sure it will be. Um, but yeah, Wigan. I'll be honest. Wigan have surprised me a bit this season. Like I figured they'd be a lot better than last season with the cash money injection, but I didn't think they'd be, you know, top top of the table or top two with like two games in hand over quite a few of the teams below them. So they've really surprised me on that front kind of goes to show that Liam Richardson was probably the mastermind of Paul Cook's era, but there you go. So hopefully we can have the kind of performance that we had against Sunderland or that Matt, but, but with the goals of Ipswich, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough game. We're going to bring in a, a brilliant following. Good for them. And we, we, I just want us to see how I just want us to kind of play how we play away but at home I I don't feel like that's too much to ask I don't know what it is about when we play at home where we either have a really good spell like we did against Shrewsbury and then just seem to take our foot off the pedal or we just don't or we just fall behind and then kind of have to endure uh, endure slogging at their goal and just hoping something happens I don't want it to be that kind of match so yeah I, I don't know how we'll line up against Wigan I don't know how we're going to line up against us Hope I just want it to be an exciting game and hopefully James McLean doesn't punish Brocky too much because Brocky had a stinker at their ground so hopefully it'll be better yeah, I totally echo what you've said there. All we want is for it to be entertaining. If we do lose, so be it. But I don't think we will. I think a home advantage and a, a decent crowd should hopefully spur us on. We're going to, of course, go into the game in good form. They're only a point off top with two games in hand, though they currently sit in third place. Um, they've won two out of their last three. They beat Cheltenham at home and Gillingham away, but lost at home themselves to Sheffield Wednesday in the, in the back end of uh, the back back end of September. So. They're obviously playing well at the minute. They've signed some good players over the course of the summer. But, Lee, to, to finish things off, it's a local derby. Anything can happen. Give us a score prediction. We're going to say on the fence, I think, can say one all. Um, I think they've got... I've not actually seen them play this season. I've seen many highlights. But they've just been, obviously, keeping their keen eye on them and what the team's like and stuff. And they've been... You know, they've got a lot of options up top, which we're going to have to keep hold of. Keep keep a keep an eye on like Will, Will Keane's scoring a few goals from now, and um, White's just after a bit. I think he didn't score his first six, and he's got four. I think four in his last three. Um, so you know he's someone we're going to have to. Obviously, we were linked with him under Parky. It looked like we were going to sign him at one point before um, I think Bradford going in. Uh, Bradford. Yeah, I think it was. So I mean, they've got someone on the bench who who I you know I think we all we all sort of 
who's our like uh, LOV crushing Stephen Humphreys, who we got from Rochdale, obviously, you know, they're paying half a million for him, I think. So, yeah, it was well well beyond what we were able to do. But we've certainly got the firepower to trouble us. It's just whether we can sort of keep the back door shut. And I, th- I, think, I think we will trouble them um, going forward ourselves like we've troubled, troubled every side we've played this season. You know, even if we've not scored, we've certainly created the chances. And I think the, the, the most encouraging thing about the whole season really is pretty much every game we've lost, we, you could probably say we've not deserved to. So that's that's a really encouraging sign, isn't it? Let's be honest. And I think, you know, if we do get beat by Wigan, I don't want the fans to suffer. As long as they don't no, rip but... signs off and throw them yeah. at people like they did well, <laughs> for us yeah. today, Chris. Yeah, I know. I'd just like to introduce you to what two things, Lee. One one is the internet, and two is the Bolton Wanderers fans on the internet. So I think if you're going to be expecting us to respond to any, any negative performance with with calm and, uh, and and moderate reflection, then I think you might end up being disappointed, mate. Uh, true, true. But I suppose I suppose there's always measured people like myself and and yourself, isn't there? But uh, yeah, it's just one of those where I'm not expect you know, I'm not expecting us to win just because I think I just think that they've got a lot of strings to the bow. But again, I don't I, I can't profess to have watched them play this season, so I'll be sort of a little bit. A little bit uh, wet behind the ears with how, how they sort of approach the game, whether they're expansive or whether they're particularly, you know, sort of direct. But yeah, I mean, it should be a cracking atmosphere. I always feel like a derby better in a night game, like sort of seven forty-five evening kickoff. I always sort of feel a bit more up for them, but um, yeah, it should be a good occasion. And it wouldn't surprise me on Bert if we, if we came out on top because we've certainly got the capability of doing it, but. I just, I just worry that we just perhaps maybe we'll miss the chances that we we'll need that we should take to win it really, and that, that may well be the case if we we kept we persevere with Dale. But um, I think, like you both said, I'd be very surprised if he isn't starting, just knowing what it's like really. But it's a it's a tough one, it's a tough one to um to to sort of predict. But I'm going to sit on the fence like Loro used to do, it, always does in his. Uh, Predictions and just just say one all. I think it's going to be one all. Go for a Liverpool win. Be a bit more like Lawrence. And... <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Well, I, I I think you boys have both uh, both covered everything that I pretty much think about the game. I think it, I, I really do hope it's a spectacle. I'm I'm I'm. It's been a while, hasn't it, since we had a home game that, that gets the blood flowing like this one potentially will. And so bring it on, and and let's just hope that the boys do do what they know how to do and we can get ourselves the three points and, and keep our momentum going. It would be important after the Sunderland and Wednesday games to find that, that bit of form again. I'd be really hopeful that, uh, that Doyle can find his, his shooting boots. Darcevic can do the same. Dapo can be Dapo and, and we can push on. But we'll see. We'll, we'll review that game in more detail, obviously, in the next uh, next week or two. We'll, we'll get another pod out and, and see how things go in reflection so if there's nothing else to be said lads I'm very grateful for your time tonight it's been uh, it's been too long so let's not leave it quite so long next time you can find the podcasts uh, your usual podcast dispensaries iTunes Spotify etc don't forget to leave a review and the website is com and Twitter handle STE. so without further ado say goodbye James goodbye James say goodbye Lee goodbye Lee And it's goodbye from me. Insert pithy catchphrase here. Good night.